0: Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. This week, Pastor Gary and TK Elder Nate talk about spiritual gifts in our series, Beyond. Let's hear what God's Word has for us with Pastor Gary and Elder Nate. So, and this is going to be really informal. We don't actually have like real outlines or anything. Um, So the awesome thing is we don't have any outlines, so nobody can tell what's going to happen. The scary thing is there's no telling what I might say. So if Um, Gary gives me a sideways look, you can ignore that.
1: So this is going to be uh, uh, very informal, and uh, most of all, we want to point you to the place that God has enabled you to function within the church. How many of you were able to take the APES test during the week, the survey? Ah, okay, good, got a good good showing. Uh Probably when you took the test, it was no surprise to you of what the results were. Any of you were surprised by it? Oh, really? What were you surprised about? Ah, <laughs> ah, very good. And we're going to explain a little bit about that too. Um, because what we have, close your mouth. Excuse me. Uh, What we have is preconceived ideas of what those roles should be. And what we want to do is debunk the myth and say how it applies to all of us. Because these are beautiful gifts that God has given to the church and for the church. I'm sorry, am I taking words out of your mouth? Nope. Okay. Nope, Uh, go ahead. uh, (laughs) So first of all, let's pray and ask God's Spirit to um, move us so that we can understand and so that we can find fulfillment uh, in the church. Father, we just thank you for uh, the gifts that you give. And Father, how each one is uniquely uh, uniquely empowered. To bring fullness to your body one is not better than the other all are vital all are necessary uh, father that uh, because one person cannot uh, cannot have all of these gifts wrapped wrapped up in in their body we need each other and father that's where the unity And the purpose of the church comes um, in you, Father. So you are the giver of the gifts. And Father, we open ourselves to the gifts that you have given us, that we might use them to point people to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you like to add? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, well,
0: I'll just start with a couple of prefaces because we are in Ephesians 4, specifically verses 11 and 12, talking about those five gifts. Um, but I I just want to preface one with if you are um, a son or daughter of the living God, you have spiritual gifts. I, I don't care what you feel like. I don't care what you're not sure about. You have spiritual gifts, period. Okay, so... Just know that First um, Peter four he says that as each each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. He says each. He doesn't he doesn't say if he says as. And in in uh, one Corinthians twelve seven, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Again, not some, but each Christian gets a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and, and that's awesome because. We saw a few weeks ago in Ephesians 2 that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to do that. And if you are a member of the body, if you are following Christ, mm-hmm. that is happening regardless of whether or not you feel like it's happening. So you can, you can be okay, okay with that. Um, One of my favorite stories, and i got to make this short because I'm going to take up all the time with weird, random stuff. One of my favorite stories in Scripture is in Exodus 35, this guy named Bezalel. And it says says that he was filled with the spirit of God with skill and intelligence and knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting stones for setting and in carving wood and weaving I mean this guy could make anything and he used those abilities to basically take point on building the tabernacle where God actually the glory of God actually indwelled with the nation of Israel which is a pretty cool thing so he's just this is a guy that builds stuff, but he's filled with the Spirit to build stuff. It also says, and God inspired him to teach others who were also filled with the Spirit. So here's a guy. He's he's not a priest. He you know he he's he is he's a builder, but he's empowered with the Spirit and he's teaching others who are then filled with the Spirit to serve God in the way that they were called, and that's a pretty awesome thing because that means it could be whatever you're doing, yeah. whatever you're doing can be done to the glory of God, period. So, okay, but now, having said that, today we're talking about Ephesians 4. Um, Paul uses the term gift, and I think sometimes, we've talked about this, Gary, sometimes that gets confusing because we start looking at them as gifts and saying, which of these gifts do I have? But that's not what it says. So, and I'm not going to get into all the Greek, but it's, it's an accusative noun and all this other fun stuff, but. I appreciate that. Mate. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what that means is that these are gifts to the body. They're not gifts to you as an individual. You have spiritual gifts, but these are roles that you in your maturity can fill that are then gifts to the body. OK, so don't don't think of it as which of these is my gift. Think of it as I have spiritual gifts and my spiritual gifts might allow me in my maturity to be filling one of these roles for the body. Amen. OK, so so. OK, so there's our uh, there's all my long winded prefaces. Let's go.
1: So <laughs> let's, let's name the, fi- uh, the five roles that we're talking about.
0: Yes. So Ephesians four eleven okay. 11 and 12 and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ.
1: Very good, so we're talking about five roles uh, that God has given as a gift to the church. Now, are these roles uh, predominantly male-based? No. Ah, okay. (laughs) So, uh, Tanya, don't be surprised by what gift you have as pastor, okay? And we'll explain that in just a moment. Uh, So the first one, let's take the first one. The first one is apostle, right? Can you briefly describe what an apostle is? Okay, I will. Thank you. Uh, I need my glasses on for this.
0: If I were saying it, it literally means sent one, someone who's sent. That, I mean.
1: Okay, thank you. Uh,
0: <laughs> I keep it short and simple. But,
1: but for those of us who who don't understand sent one, we can we can look at people who are visionary, who are pioneering, they have new initiatives, and uh, they look at expansion. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. You know, some examples of, of, of uh, apostles in the uh, Testament is uh, Peter, John, Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila. Yeah. yeah, because they were visionaries, and they were sent to do a task. So how do we apply that to today? What, what is the role of an apostle in the church today? Go plant churches. Go plant churches, <laughs> uh, uh, and Pastor Antoine is a uh, is a great example of a, of an apostle. Uh, he has a vision of of seeing new churches started, of going to places where churches are needed, uh, and equipping those who are called to lead a church. Uh, So, he's a good example of of an apostle that's non-biblical, because his name is not in the Bible, but he's an everyday man, right? Okay, so, would you like to explain a little more about about the apostle?
0: Yes. I (laughs) I think you covered it, mostly. I mean, you're looking at people who are looking out there and saying, okay... For example, and I got to be careful here. This is where we get into the, we don't have, a, we don't have an outline and I might say something. <laughs> um, you know, we tend to often in the church tend to, you tend to divide up into groups of people. Some people are saying like, why do we have missions? You know, there's lots of people here that don't know Jesus or are having issues and we don't need to go anywhere. And that's, that's true to an extent. On the other hand, an apostle doesn't look at it that way. An apostle would look at that and say, well, gee whiz. I'm in Kannapolis and I see lots of churches, but in Seiseki, Sakuragoko, Japan, there's 450,000 people and no church. We need to do something about that. So, you know, that's that apostle's perspective. They're just like, I'm seeing people who don't have access to the gospel, who don't know who Jesus is, who don't know God, and
1: we need to do something about that. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is they're seeing a need in, in areas of expanding the kingdom, Right. They dream and they see. They have a vision of what needs to be done. Yes. Okay. Thank you.
0: (laughs) I wasn't sure if that was a question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that agreement. Uh, Is anything else that you would like to add about the apostles? Okay. (laughs) I think
0: we're
1: good. Good enough. So. uh, Um. So how does that apply to us? Do you uh, see a need for like some type of ministry to be taken place to expand God's kingdom in a, in a certain area? Uh, you may be called to be an apostle. Uh, but there's one thing. Uh, you're going to do this regardless of whether you have a title or not. Is that right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Would you like to elaborate a little bit on that?
0: Um, I had some random thoughts. But, yeah, no, you do not have to have, and this is true for any, any of these things, you do not have to have a title or an official position to be a gift to the body. Okay? Um, in fact, I would, I would even argue that if you're laboring in obscurity you're not getting credit for what you're doing, you're probably going to see a greater reward in the kingdom for that. You know, it it is, don't let a job description or an official title or position stop you from doing what God has called you to do.
1: Period. (laughs) So now we come to the next role, uh, which is prophet, the most favorite, the most favorite, and uh, it's because they say things that people don't want to necessarily want to hear.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, you know, sometimes you get into some places, not here, other places, and, and uh, you know, people want, want prophets to, to be like warm and fuzzy fortune cookies. You know, it, things are going to go well. God loves you. Here's a big hug, right? In Scripture, prophets are generally not loved. Because basically, they're going around saying, what you're doing is wrong, knock it off. And people don't react well to that. <laughs> and if you are prophetic by nature, you're probably not always going to be smooth around the edges. Okay? And, and maybe you might need to rein that in because it does say in scripture that when you rebuke people, you should do it in love and you should do it gently. But people don't like to be rebuked.
1: No, I don't know. like to be rebuked. Leave me alone. <laughs> and you don't know what kind of reaction you'll get when you deliver God's word.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things, too, that's important for someone, if, if you have that bent, it's important to remember that there is a, there's a difference between the conviction of God and the condemnation of man. If you're a prophet, your job is not to go around condemning people because you're in the same boat. OK, you've got your own issues, but just because you have issues does not mean what's wrong isn't wrong. You're flawed, but you can still say this is what God says. Yeah, I've got the same issue, but it doesn't mean that it's OK. You know, so so. But don't go around condemning people.
1: Go around convicting people with Scripture, with God's word. So, mm. so prophets are are concerned about truth and holiness obedience and revelation is that what you're saying in a nutshell yeah okay thank you <laughs> uh, but you know prophets uh, prophets know God's will and they deliver it uh, sometimes all uh, I've seen people come up and just give you a word and it's a word that you need Uh and it's said in truth and in love. Uh, well, not necessarily in love, but it is spoken in truth, whether you want to hear it or not.
0: Uh, that can be loving. Yes. First yes. Corinthians says that one of the aspects of love is it
1: doesn't rejoice in evil. Ah. Uh, <laughs> there's some good stuff in the Bible. Uh, but... Uh, have you ever have you ever met someone who spoke truth to you and uh sometimes it was hard to take but then when you when you went home and you thought it over and over and over in your mind that you knew it was exactly what you needed to hear to to make things right to change the path that you were on that's the role of a prophet uh we, we tend to have this idea that they're going to t- preach gloom and doom unless you change your ways. And a lot of prophets were stoned in Old Testament times. And New Testament. Okay, there <laughs> you go. So prophets are not very, uh, uh, oh, what's the word? We Enjoyed. Favorably. Because <laughs> uh, it's hard speaking the truth. Uh, you, have a, you have a close friend who's doing something and you need to say something to them because you see it's wrong and you, you don't rest until you have to give, deliver that piece of word to them. Uh, and you're, why are you afraid to deliver that word? Because you don't know how they're going to react to it. But, you know, that's not up to you. You've got the conviction in your heart to deliver that word, the truth. So what else can you say about prophets, Nathan? I would just say,
0: remember, 1 Corinthians 8 1 says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we're calling people to walk with God we're convicting people to turn from their sin. But if you're in Christ, there's no condemnation. It isn't, it isn't about stop doing that or God won't love you or accept you. And there's, there's, a, there's a very big distinction there. And, and we've got to make sure we don't cross those lines.
1: Did anyone score high as a prophet in their uh, survey? Any hands? No? Okay, there's no one here to avoid them. But can you see how, how this can, uh, uh, you know, you don't have to have a title as prophet. I mean, it could be any one of us. And you're known for speaking the truth. And really, that's what a, a prophet is. Delivering a word from God based on scripture and speaking the truth. Cool. So All right. evangelism. Thank you, Nate. Evangelism. <laughs> All right. Evangelist. Okay, evangelist. Uh, wow, evangelist. It's like we hear so many people who are evangelists. Uh, this is nothing new to us. We know what an evangelist is, don't we? Do we? <laughs> okay, well, let's look at
0: What is an evangelist? I know a lot of people who say, I'm an evangelist, but here's, here's the thing. If you're an evangelist, what is the gospel? Can you articulate? Because literally, gospel is good news. That's like, a literal translation. So what's the bad news? What's the good news? Why does it matter? So if you can't articulate that, and you're an evangelist you' you've got an issue <laughs> ah. you know so so if you're feeling like that's your thing, like make sure that you can articulate the gospel well that you that you can make that relevant in different situations and I would also say evangelists generally aren't shy because you know you you're you're speaking to anybody and it, it's it's interesting because Especially in our culture now, sometimes we tend to try and tone down some of the religious stuff, for good reasons sometimes. But the reality is, is like, we're not ashamed of our team in any other walk of life. Like, I wore a Patriots jersey into Panther Stadium, because I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed that I grew up in New England. Maybe I should be. Uh, <laughs> you know we're we're not ashamed if we're republicans or democrats or we're libertarians or we don't like any politics like we're not afraid to make our opinion known mm. you know we're not ashamed in any other walk of life why are you why are you soft selling the gospel because it's more important than politics or sports teams you know and romans romans 116 it says, for I am not ashamed of the good news about Jesus Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. The Jew first, and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. That's, that's the most important message. So... Don't soft sell. Don't be ashamed. Be one of those people.
1: So, Nathan, if I'm an evangelist, does that mean I need to get a box and go to a street corner?
0: Only if God has come and told you that, like with an angel? <laughs> I'm not saying no. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying you better be sure.
1: <laughs> so uh how is a, uh, an evangelist, you know, like... You know, we think of an evangelist as someone who's preaching, um, you know, from like a pulpit or, you know, on a box with a loudspeaker. How is that applicable to like everyday life? Well, it can be that,
0: and it can also just be, you know, we're talking and... It works into the conversation in some smooth way. If you have that gift, I do not, I'm socially awkward, but it, it, let's just pretend <laughs> we did. It's just like, well, you know, Gary, how, why do you think that is? That's because you have a sin nature. Why do you have a sin nature? <laughs> you know? And all of a sudden we're, we're, we're into it. So, and if you've got that now, also we're talking about gifts to the body empowered by gifts. There are people who can do this and people listen. You know, I, I knew a guy who actually, he was an evangelist and he was, he was empowered by the spirit and he would, individuals or on a stage and he'd get up in front of someone and he'd just be like, you're a bad person. You're going to hell. And people would be like, you're right, I am. And, and, and I do that and people are like, shut up. You're a jerk. So, so, you know.
1: But you're right. We need those people who are able to articulate and share their faith uh, to bring more people into the church. Okay, I'm going to reserve
0: the right to deny I said this. Turn off the camera. We need more evangelists here because you know what the best way to grow a church is? Proclaim the gospel. People get saved and come to your church. It's a much better method than people being upset with their church and coming to yours. Hmm. (laughs) But I didn't say that out loud
1: but it's it's people who have a desire to share the good news with anyone they come in contact and and these people usually have the gift of gab and they don't mind sharing what's on their mind and we need those people
0: if you're an evangelist be bold
1: Shepherds. Oh, shepherds.
0: (laughs) The pause was too long. I couldn't handle it anymore.
1: (laughs) Shepherds. Uh, Shepherds care about the people that they deal with, the people in their flock. Uh, They counsel. They give. uh, They empathize with the pain and suffering that people are going through. Uh, They also give encouragement. And you know what? I think uh, Tanya can relate to that. You know, a shepherd is is more than just a pastor. Uh, You know, a shepherd uh, takes care of uh, people in need. And they they have a, a genuine concern about other people and their lives. Uh, and you see some of these roles. You're predominantly strong in one, but you're supported by another one that's almost a, as, as strong. Uh, when I took the test, I wasn't surprised at what I saw. It was teacher-shepherd. Uh, and a lot of times the people that you know I'm involved with as far as uh, like a group or something like that, I always kept in touch with them. I always encouraged them. Uh, if they had questions, I would be glad to answer them for them, and listen to them, give advice, counsel. And so, you know, it's not a... Uh, uh, you don't have to be a pastor, pastor. Does that make sense? It's like... You have a genuine care for other people, and and you're a shepherd when you do that. When you help others, uh, and you can you can uh, okay I won't go there, but anything you want to add to about the shepherding role?
0: No, well yeah, so 100% agree. You don't again you don't need a title to to care for people in that way. Now most people who are, not all, but most people who are vocationally pastors do have this gift. Mm. Not all of them, but most of them do, uh, you know, and it's helpful, <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're dealing with people. Scripture does say when he, when, when, when Paul's talking about the qualifications for, for pastors, elders, it's a whole nother discussion, but scripturally we use different words, to the same thing. Mm he says that they must be able to teach. So, and I'm just going to throw this out. I, I haven't talked with okay. you about this. I don't know. This is random thoughts. Throw it out. So I, he, he must, they must be able to teach. Doesn't necessarily mean that they are gifted that way, but they must be able to teach because teaching is one of the primary methods that you do shepherd people. Now there is the caring part and the calling them up and seeing how they're doing. but, but, while you're doing that, you are essentially hopefully you're teaching them, you're pointing them towards Christ. You're giving them tools to look at what they're going through through a biblical lens instead of instead of a lens with no hope. Mm. You know, because life is hard. <laughs> Things go wrong. Goats jump out in front of you while you're on your bike and you hit a pothole and and almost wreck, but you don't. That's another story happened. True story. True story. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, by way of example, in Mark six thirty four, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Mm. Like that was his reaction. But also notice that his reaction to people wasn't, I can't believe those idiots. <laughs> Look at those, what is wrong with them? You know, like, you know, we tend to, to be like, you don't, I can't believe you believe that. What is wrong with you? you know, he, he looked at that crowd and instead of saying, this is a bunch of messed up, sinful, ridiculous, dumb people. Instead, he had compassion on them. And, and that is the reaction that you, we should have when we look at people. We, we, people are not our enemy even the people who are our enemy are not our enemy because our war is not against flesh and blood, Mm -hmm. but against principalities and powers. Amen. So, and I think, I think that, that people who have that shepherding bent maybe come across, across that a little bit easier than some of, some of us. Mm -hmm. Um, but we should all be looking at people with compassion and, and not with disdain.
1: Well said, Nathan. Well said. Um, A notable shepherd in the in the Bible would be Barnabas Barnabas. What was his nickname? I I heard someone say it. No, that was uh that was one of the apostle uh, disciples. Encourager. He was an encourager, wasn't he? Uh because he gave words of encouragement to people.
0: Uh uh it's almost like he was the opposite of the prophet.
1: Exactly. <laughs> we we run to the shepherds after the prophet gets a hold of us. Because uh, we need encouraging after we're told. <laughs> uh, so know who your shepherds are uh, that you can turn to. Uh but uh, uh, James was also seen as a, as a shepherd, as an elder uh, overseer. Uh, do you know of someone in your life who gives you encouragement? Hopefully they're Christian and give you good encouragement. Uh, that you can go turn to when you're having a difficult time. Uh, but yeah, you don't have to have the title to be a shepherd. A lot of people do that without even realizing what they're doing.
0: I would almost go so far as to say, and I, and I reserved the right to Dunn and I said this as well. I would, <laughs> I, would, I would almost go so far as to say, if you're not shepherding people now, you definitely shouldn't do it vocationally. Okay, if you can't do it and this is true with any kid. if you can't serve God without a title, you you aren't serving God. You're mm-hmm. you're serving you're serving your own reputation and your own self and you probably should knock it off. <laughs> That's the prophet
1: thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 Don't want to sit too close to a prophet. <laughs> um, so what is the um the last one? Teacher. Teacher. Okay, this one should be easy, right? Okay. Okay, go ahead.
0: <laughs> no, well, I-, I will start with James three one. Okay. He says, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who mm. teach will be judged more strictly. Now, minor, t- tiny rabbit trail. When he's talking about judging, this isn't about like, you did more good than you did bad. and You get into heaven. That's not what we're talking about. You are made righteous through Christ. Okay, so if you're in Christ, you're, you're on team Jesus. You're there. It doesn't, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to keep it. But we, there, there are rewards, okay? Teachers are going to be judged more harshly when it comes to that reward than, than other people because what you say matters. And so if you're teaching someone something, you know, you, you, better, you better be sure. <laughs> and if you don't know, be willing to say, I don't know. That's a lot better than just making something up. <laughs> and misleading people and bringing people down the wrong path. You know, and, and teachers, teachers are, they're needed. They're, they're important. But sometimes, you know, sometimes uh, uh, they're not always the most engaging. So like Paul, take Paul for example. So you've got Apollos and Paul. Uh, Paul was definitely a teacher. He wrote a good chunk of the New Testament Um, he had the ability and we were talking about this earlier a lot of times if you're teaching someone you have to put things in a context that makes sense to them so like I can get up here and I can start being like okay this is an accusative noun and that's a dative noun and this is why this is more important and people's eyes will glaze over and and it's like staring ahead and it's not really always helpful or productive (laughs) but you need people who actually do know those things because those things actually do matter. Um, you you want to take those things and make them more practical, um, put them into a context that's helpful, um, but if you're a teacher, you're you're not getting your sermon notes from someone online. <laughs> you need to be like reading your own Bible and studying your own words and, and coming up with your own stuff because... If you can't do that, you probably aren't. You, you probably aren't a teacher, <laughs> you know. And, and and by the way, Paul was not always engaging because at, at one point next you've got him teaching, and he's so boring that someone fell out a window and died, and they literally had to raise him up from the dead. So that that part was cool, but.
1: <laughs> uh, I've I've often heard that Paul taught on a doctorate level. His his uh his teachings were so high even peter was like well we know
0: Yeah, he literally wrote paul that in the is. bible
1: paul is hard to understand sometimes <laughs> but in a lot of cases uh, there are teachers who can take those complex truths and can simplify it and share it with other people uh Teachers love to learn, and there's, there's the pitfall of becoming too intellectual, uh, knowing too many things. Like, uh, you know, when I, was, when I was preaching one time, I, I threw in a few Greek words, and it's like I quickly learned that people don't want to hear about Greek words. I don't understand why. I love Greek words. <laughs> uh, but people don't want to hear about Give me the meat. Just explain it to me. And that's why I've learned I like to keep things. I always follow the KISS principle. Keep it simple, stupid. Uh, Because uh, I don't like to hear big words. I want someone to explain it to me
0: uh, on my level. Bruce is back there laughing at me because I have somewhat of a issue with using words that are too big for the, for the conversation.
1: <laughs> and that's when and my no. eyes glaze over. <laughs> uh, 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 Wednesday night we were talking about this, uh, Antoine, Nathan, and Bruce and I, and uh, Antoine and Nathan were just like rapid fire going back and forth and my eyes just glazed over. I had no idea what they were talking about. I was so confused. I said, please explain what you're talking about. And it took about 15 minutes before we got there. That's a fair critique. (laughs) Uh, But teaching is, uh, you don't need a title as a teacher to explain the Bible to your children. Every parent is a teacher. You don't have to know big words. You just have to have a heart for Christ and to bestow uh, Bible knowledge upon your children. Now, there may come a point where you hand off to someone else, but it starts at home. You are a teacher responsible for your children and for those who are living in your household. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. Okay.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) And everyone else you run across, if that, you know, I mean, largely it's, to my mind, a lot of it is about having a worldview, looking at what's happening around you in the same way that God looks at it, not through the lens of what I see and my own limitations. You know, we we, sometimes we tend to, to... for example, so we alluded to the goat and, and I was going about 55, hit a pothole, things are broken, I'm fine. I get a lot of people that are like, well, God is good, you weren't hurt. Well, but what if I was? You know, what, what, if I, what if I didn't stay upright? And what if I wrecked and hit a tree and broke my arms and my leg and, and I was in a coma? Is God still good? Is God still good to me or not? Because it's one way or the other. So, and that's just an example. It's like, it's, it's pointing, again, all of these, it's pointing people back towards Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pointing people back towards the good news of the gospel and not towards, well, God is good if things go my way. In a broken, fallen world, mm-hmm. full of sin, I myself am a sinner. I'm broken. I'm fallen. Bad things are going to happen. Is God still good right you know so so if you're a teacher you're you're approaching all those all those situations with everybody, especially at home I, I agree with you, especially at home, but you're approaching all of those things as an opportunity to point people back towards jesus so okay, thank you. Are we ready for random closing thoughts? Random closing <laughs> thoughts these are things so and I think this is kind of interesting because in Ephesians 2 and 3, um, it, Paul wrote that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, okay? And, and that they have received authority and revelation about the good news of Jesus Christ, okay? So there's your foundation, apostles, prophets. But what's interesting, what do evangelists do? They herald that good news, they proclaim that good news. And then what do pastors and teachers do? They take those people who have been gathered by the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and they care for them and they teach them and train them up. So there's there's a synergy there. there there's... Mm. Is that is that too big of a word? <laughs> okay, I gotta be. I don't always know which words are too big or not. <laughs> but Gary gave me that look like I don't I don't know, Nate. That's, but but these things only happen. So so at the beginning of Ephesians four, which we we didn't read, but he talks about specifically that one of the whole points of this is unity in the church. Okay, and unity is not about outward conformity. It's not who stands, who sits, who raises your hands, who doesn't, who wears the right kind of clothes, who, you know, who, who's dressed up, or, you know, we don't dress up, we're casual, we're more, we're more godly than those, you know. It's not about that. Unity is about we have, we have one purpose, one goal, and we can be really different people with even different opinions and still have a single purpose and a single goal and be unified. Mm. And that's really what these, what these roles, these gifts to the church are intended to do, to, to give us that unity, that single purpose. So, okay, I gotta, I gotta get, so Genesis 11, Tower of Babel, okay, it says that God said that the people were united. They all spoke the same language, and God said that anything that they set out to do would not be impossible for them. He didn't put any limitations on that. Anything that they decide they're gonna do, they're gonna do. So let's go down and confuse the language and throw a wrench in this because they had put their mind towards doing things that God said not to do. (laughs) So he's like, so we're, for their own good, we're gonna create chaos and it's actually for their own good. But those were people who weren't following God, and when unified, they could do anything, okay? So have any of you seen Lego Masters the show on TV? Okay, I like that show because we, we, we built Legos with my kids and stuff growing up and all that kind of thing, and I was, I was sitting on the side of the road yesterday and thinking about Lego Masters. I don't know why, but, <laughs> but, but I've got one, one Lego, Okay. This is just one Lego that came out of a set. It is not that impressive. Okay, I'm a Lego, you're a Lego. By yourself, you're not that impressive. But unified in the unified together with other Legos with the same purpose, it can be incredible. And people build some amazing things out of Legos, out of just individual bricks you are just in the kingdom you might you are you're an individual brick the glory belongs to jesus anyways it's not supposed to belong to us if you're going to isolate yourself from the rest of the legos you're not going to have you're not going to be exercising gifts you're not going to be useful but together unified we can build whatever we put our minds to there are no limitations but we have to be unified, and we're not.
1: And i like to point out, Nathan, since you brought that up, Jesus was the only person to embody all of these roles. He had a vision. He told the truth. And uh, he evangelized people. He also shepherded his disciples. He had compassion, and he taught them. He taught them a lot. Uh we can't embody all of those roles. that's why we need all of us to combine those roles together and work together in unity. That sound okay? I agree. Okay thank you <laughs> uh, But we all serve a role. we all have a purpose. Uh, to different degrees, those who are um, new to the faith, you are maturing in some of those roles. Uh, And um, it's a growing process for all of us. Uh, I never thought that I would uh, be a teacher of the Bible. I just had a passion for learning. I was like a sponge. I just wanted to know about this, know about that, know about everything I ran across. And it caused me to ask questions from people who knew more than I did. And it caused me to dig deeper into books and read and learn and study for myself. All the roles will propel you to go further and further in that area of giftedness.
0: Now, I do believe that Antoine had, I don't know what the final decision was, but Antoine wanted to give people the opportunity to ask questions so that he can address specific questions about the topic. So if you have questions, you can text them to 704 939 Six seven two three apparently (laughs) and and uh so that so that if you have specific questions about this they they can get they'll get addressed um so yeah whatever god has called you to do you can go and do it okay last last random thought okay it's really easy to start pursuing the gifts instead of the gift giver, okay? Your, your goal isn't, a, isn't spiritual giftings or a role in the body. Your goal is to become more Christ-like, okay? I would rather, 1 Corinthians 14.1, it says to desire spiritual gifts, but it says to pursue love. I would rather see a body of believers pursuing love and pursuing Christ and not worrying about what gift they do or don't have or what label to put on that, then a body that knows all of the ins and outs of the gifts but isn't pursuing love and isn't pursuing Christ. Okay, so pursue Christ, pursue love. Your gifts, it'll work itself out. You don't need to worry about it. You know, you just, it'll be okay. (laughs) Well said. That concludes this week's message. If you were blessed by anything you heard in today's podcast and you feel like to give, feel free to text the word give to 704-741-3705. And if you are in Kannapolis, Charlotte, or surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina, Sundays at 1033. You can also join us online Sundays on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to us and also check us out on Instagram under Think Kingdom. As always, you can go back and hear this message and so many more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.